sweet. I just love when God calls people out. It just shows the room, hey, look, God sees people specifically. God cares about the things that you care about. He would do it so much that he would call you specifically out and let an entire room partner their faith and the things that concern you. That is so kind of God and so wonderful. I'm going to keep on going on the back of this. There's just a few things that I felt highlighted. The first thing I felt was scoliosis. Does anybody in here have scoliosis? All right, I'm going to pray, and I want even as you pray just to begin doing this. And even if you're standing in gap for somebody, I just release healing, and I say divine alignment in Jesus' name. I say spine be aligned in the name of Jesus. Another group of people that I really felt highlighted were mamas to littles. If you have littles, I want you to stand. For starters, I just want to honor you. This season is not easy. Can I just say that over you? This season is not easy. And I want to release a word that the Lord gave me for mamas. He told me in this group of moms one time that your children are soil. And as I release this word... I declare that you will begin seeing your children as soil to help you become more like Christ. They are not an interruption to your time with God. They are not an interruption to your time in the Bible. They are actually the biggest gifts to your faith. And so I bless you to hear the Father every time you spend time with him and a little comes and barges in that they, have, they just peed on themselves or they did, you know, completely destroyed something. You laugh because it's so real and so true that you would just have so much joy, just fill your heart. Holy Spirit, I pray for an igniting over all of these mothers I pray that you would ignite them as their littles come into their lives with all of the everything that is. And that you would ignite them to see them as the greatest gifts that you could have given them. I bless you to be strengthened by the Father as you mother. I bless you to know that this is just a season and you're going to come out so strong. You're going to come out knowing aspects of the Father that are so great and so deep. And you will, you will have that career. You will have the things of your heart. It will come. But this is a part of developing you. So I bless you in Jesus' name. And I say the pressure is off of you to have it all together in Jesus' name. Amen. The next group of people that I want to pray for are marriages. I want to pray for marriages. If you are married, I want you to um, just raise your hand. If you're with your spouse, I want you to take their hand. <laughs> even, in the, even in the spirit. <laughs> Father, I ask for divine protection over marriages right now in this season of shaking and transition. That hardships that are in their lives would only strengthen them and cause them to become closer. Any areas of division, I, I send angels to every person present to go forth and tear down any places that the enemy has tried to divide areas of their marriages and areas of their relationship. I ask for unity 
heavenly unity and wisdom to fall on every single person in this room over their marriage. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. And the final thing is arthritis. I just love seeing arthritis just healed. It's so fun. It's just a grace I have on my life. I pray for people with arthritis and the, the Lord sends angels and just burns it up. So if that's you, just raise your hand. Now I want to say, if you want to paint, I want you to just start feeling the, where your pain of arthritis is, a scale from one to 10. And as I begin praying, I want you just to start moving it and see if that pain goes down. And as it goes down, I want you to just do this. Even if it goes down like 0.5, I want you still just to do this. If it goes down a lot, I want you just to wave, wave both hands. That's letting people in the room know that God is in the midst of us moving. So Jesus, everybody, uh, if that's you, raise your hand, and I'm going to get people, if you would extend hands to these people. Jesus, I rebuke arthritis in Jesus' name. I command all arthritis to shrivel up and die, all inflammation, any parts of their joints in their body that is causing any crippling pain. I rebuke the pain. I rebuke arthritis in Jesus' name, and I say no more. No more in Jesus' name. Just begin testing it out. No more arthritis in the name of Jesus. And like I said, if you can feel it going down, I want you to wave, even if it's just a little bit. Is that a wave I see? Is that a wave, sir? That's a wave. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Got a wave right here. Thank you, Jesus. Got a wave right here. He's healing arthritis. Come on, let's keep pressing in. Every bit of arthritis, I command all pain to leave you. Every bit of arthritis, I say, drop in Jesus' name. Come and, Lord, I ask for a, a completely washing of arthritis in these bodies in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you, Father, for your healing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, love seeing those hands wave. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Bless what you're doing. How y'all feeling? Good, good. Amen. Amen. Any testaments you want to say? Is it? Drop down a lot? Are you not feeling it? Where are you at? Wow. Amen. Jesus. 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 Amen. Amen. Thank you, God. He's so good. You guys know this. You have access to this, that you have this ability to hear from the Father in heaven. And this is seeing his kingdom advance. It's coming after these infirmities. It's going after the things like marriage so that we can prosper in all areas of our lives so that we can see Jesus get his full reward. This is what he paid for. And if we're doing anything less, then what are we doing? Thank you. Give Jesus. Come on. That's right. Just give Jesus some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. I hope in you guys seeing, you know, us operate in this way that you can see that, that you would look at that and say, hey, if they do it, then I can do it too. Because it's the same Jesus and the same Holy Spirit that dwells in them. It dwells in me. I can do that too. So when I do that, I want you guys to be able to grab onto it. It's, I heard this really, really cool message by somebody where they, it was this preacher who had a sister. 
and the dad took the sister out shopping and she just got to buy everything that she wanted and when Brittany's like yeah I know what you're talking about <laughs> it's so good I never forgot it and she said that when the sister came home he was so excited and he took off running and he grabbed the receipt because he knew if his daddy was going to spend that much money on his sister he knew that he could have the same thing spent on him so we need to hold those receipts up when we see the father moving in one of our siblings lives we need to say oh daddy you did that to her you're gonna do it to me you healed them that arthritis Woo, jesus that's good news you're gonna do it for me oh she's releasing that word of knowledge of healing Woo, praise you daddy that's what i can do too i got that holy spirit inside me so today what i want to go after is taking off the grave clothes stepping into being a new creation it's who we are how many of you know we are these new creation and we these things that we can operate in it's we, we see jesus we see other people's lives and we think why in the world am i not experiencing that and i'd like to propose it has to do everything with what you believe do you know that is the only, that is what your with life with Jesus is, is what you believe. That's it. It's not about you, how you read your Bible. Do you know God told me to minister to somebody one time and he told me to tell them, if you never read your Bible another day in your life and you never show up to church again, nothing will change the destiny on your life and the way God loves you. This person was like, that doesn't feel like God. I'm like, it's absolutely God's love. Now, would I trust you and let you teach? No, not really. I might not trust your fruit either but it doesn't change who, who you are as a child of God, and we have to know that. That takes so much pressure off of us. That allows me to step up in here and preach and not have the pressures of, did I show up to church this many times? Did I read my Bible this many times? The pressure's off of me because I just believe God. What you see in my life is just because I believed God and I'm still working it out. The message I'm even preaching today is because I fell flat on my butt many, many times. Excuse me, children. I fell a lot of times and I tripped a lot. And the things I've learned, I wanna give to you so that you don't have to fall as much. That's my favorite thing about coming to church and listening to other people's stories is I don't have to trip and fall over that. They say, hey, there's this giant thing right here. You need to step off of it, you know, like get over it. So that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to help you guys take off those grave clothes and believe God because that's what's holding us back is what we believe. This message actually came from some dreams, a series of dreams that I had. And I've shared them before and I've actually ministered to them. And it was so hard for me to even prepare this message because there's so much depth in it and there are so many different aspects of it. So just bear with me as I do my best to walk through really teaching this in a place that uh, really sets us free because I really believe that that's what Jesus wants to do today. So I just went with that aspect. I'm like, you want to set people free and change the mindsets. So the dream I had, well, for starters, I want to release this as well. Your day starts at night. When you read Genesis 1, he says, it was evening and then it was morning. I remember when God really started highlighting dreams to me, I would, 
I was that person that would stay up late and I like could never shut my mind off because I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you for this day. I, I just felt like I had to always keep things running in my head. I, I don't know what it was in me to make me feel like I was doing good with God. And then I entered this season where I would just say, okay, God, what does time with you look like today? And you know, when he started telling me, go to sleep. I was like, as you were, Father, as you were. And that is where I've gotten so, I mean, the Bible has come alive to me through a lot of my dreams. So many aspects of my life have come alive just because of my dreams. I actually, in fact, that season of my life, I went up to Brittany. I was like, Brittany, lay hands on me. I want you to impart and pray for me. Like, bless me because you just operate dreams in such a way. And so I just want to release to you guys, uh, if this is you and you want activation in your dreams, that you would be able to hear from heaven and get blueprints. I just want you to raise your hands, and I'm just going to release and bless this on your life. Father, I thank you for dreams in the night. I thank you the way that you speak in that way, and I impart to every person in this room an igniting fire in their dreams. I bless you to go to sleep. I hear the Father say, go to sleep. He needs to get you out of the way, and he's going to come in and seal some things up in you in the night. I release that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so the dreams that I had. Hang on, water. I talk really fast as well, especially when I get passionate and excited. It thinks about Jesus. So I need to remember to pause, take a breath. Okay. So the dreams that I had, they were about this one friend that's not really in my life anymore, but the first dream that I had was this friend was sitting in bleachers, and they were up high, kind of hiding off, and I came around the outside of the, the very front of the bleachers, and there was a sports game happening. I don't know what game, but I knew there was a sports game happening, and I call this friend over, and I say, come here, like, I need to talk to you. And they come to me, and as they came to me, they were an old man. And I was like, this is really alarming. And what God had spoken to me through prayer, and I also have a friend that is really gifted in interpreting dreams, just kind of helped me unlock the riddles of this dream. But this friend was living in their old man. They were saved, but they weren't actually playing the game. They were hiding out on the sidelines and what was keeping them on the sidelines was aspects of their old man. He came to me as an old man. Then I had another dream, maybe like a month later, and this person quit their job, and they said, I'm just going to live off of my savings. And this person had a child in the dream, and I remember thinking, oh, that just does not sound like anything you should do. You have a kid. You might have money now, but you'll leave nothing for the child. And you won't really be able to do anything extra. You're just going to survive. You're not doing anything. Translation of that dream, this person was living off of their salvation. I gave my life to Jesus, but they weren't doing their job. They weren't doing what they were destined to do by God, which was causing this person to not leave an inheritance for not only his children, 
but the people that they are called to. How many of you know you're called to a people group? And when you choose not to say yes to Jesus in your day-to-day and you just say, I'm saved, you're keeping an entire generation from things being unlocked for them. And if you don't think you're called to a people group, it's just because you don't believe it. And God hasn't changed the subject. And if you don't believe it now, that's okay. It's just time to believe it. It's time to believe that you were made to play the game. You could think, oh, ah, I ain't got it. I don't do that spooky stuff with the spirit. I always tell my friends I like my church is a little spooky. It's the Holy Ghost. Not really. He's really, really cool and calm too, but like sometimes he could be a little spooky. But we need to believe that we were made to play the game. We need to know that it's more than just our salvation. And can I say, too, God's not mad at you because of that. It was so kind that he would reveal that in a dream to me, to say, hey, this is just the reality. You know, you want to sit on the sidelines and your old man, it's like, he's just, you're like, God, do this, do that. And he's like, where are you? Like, I know everything that's happening in your life but you're just sitting on the sidelines. I'm, you, you, you know, there's this, it's almost like there's this giant rock that you're like, he knows it's there, and you're like, God, come and do this. He's like, you're the one blocking me. I'm right here. So what it looks like in the garden, this is what I love about God. This is how I live with God, is I keep nothing hidden. I, I am not a perfect person. But I just choose to keep nothing hidden. And even though, because he already knows everything. I always think, well, you already know this, so I'm just going to say it out loud and invite you in on it. And when you do that, he comes and says, he just gets, it's like, you can't move that boulder. And he's like, whoo, that's all he's got to do. So we have to keep nothing hidden from God. And that's one of the things that our old man does is we, we hide things. And it could be emotional traumas. It could be, you know, I was that person that, you know, like I said, this message is my, this is my message. This is what I've walked through, was hiding from God. Because even in the garden, when Adam and Eve sinned, he said, where are you? He knew where they were, but they hid themselves. And he wanted them to say, I'm here. I'm this mess. We did it. We did it. You were called to play the game. The one role that you have is to take off this old man and to believe all that Jesus has said to you, to believe that you are new in Jesus. I love in Galatians 3.3, if you want to, you have that one up there. It says, your new life in the anointed one began with the Holy Spirit giving you a new birth. Why then would you so foolishly turn from living in the Spirit by trying to finish by your own works? 
I love the NASB. It says, having begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? That's what he's like, what? Paul's like, hey, you guys are crazy. It's not your flesh that does it. It's what you believe. So what is this game and what is your job? Your, this, your job is to advance the kingdom of God. That's this game. It looks like bringing Jesus into your family. It looks like being, we, we have, Galatians goes to talk on later. It says that we have the ministry of reconciliation. Once we give our lives to Jesus, we have the ministry of bringing everybody in, of bringing everybody back to this unity with Jesus, bringing everybody in back into this righteousness that we get to stand in peace. We get to stand without anxieties. We get to stand completely healed and whole and enjoy life. When you get to that place, it just becomes so enjoying. So the game and your job, it's those very things that God puts inside you, the abilities that you have, the purposes that you have. You quit looking to the right and to the left, but you say, this is my lane. These are my giftings. This is what I'm called to. And it takes believing. And the best way you go about doing it is just looking to Jesus. You just say, Jesus, I'm here. And it's the Holy Spirit's job to perfect it. Isn't that crazy? You will never perfect yourself, ever, 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 ever. You will never read your Bible enough to perfect yourself. You will never go to church to per perfect yourself. It is the Holy Spirit's job, and it looks like taking in more of Jesus. It looks like showing up just as you are. And he comes and he touches those areas. I want to dive in now to what are some of the, the attributes of being of the old man? Because how many of you know you've got to give language to the place of where you are in order to, to have it healed? One of the things the Father told me one time is I only reveal it to heal it. So as I read this list out, I want you guys just to... Take that in mind, that if any of these aspects or attributes or things that you might kind of have, I want you to know that if these things highlight to you, it's a really good sign because God wants them to come off. It's the grave clothes that he wants to take off of you, and you come out of this grave into new life as the new creation that you are. Amen, girl. Attributes to the old man that we are no longer subject to, okay? These are no longer things that have power over us. The only thing that gives them power is you, and it's because you believe them. One of the things, and this is from the dream, a lot of the aspects I picked up from the dream, you were on the sidelines of life feeling purposeless and not knowing your destiny. If someone said to you, what is your purpose in God to advance his kingdom, would you know? You tend to have victim mentalities. This is claiming that someone's actions or behaviors are powerful enough to keep you from living your life, affecting your emotions, relationships, or current circumstances. So it would be like, you know, somebody says something to you and you're like, you made me mad. 
I didn't know that person had that much power over you. That's what a victim mentality looks like. If someone makes you feel a certain way, you gave me these circumstances. And you know what? Life is hard. And there are people's actions that could have caused a series of events. But the victim mentality says it, it never gets out of it. It just spins that cycle, that believing of like, well, I'm here because of this. I'm here because of this. Well, they made this. And if they didn't do this, then I wouldn't be here. You're giving your power over to somebody else. That's what victim mentalities, and that's some grave clothes that need to come off today. You let feelings and thoughts dictate your position in life and relationships. Can I just say you're not your thoughts and you are not your feelings? Your feelings are just indicators. And your thoughts are actually, if you look into the science of the brain, you create these pathways in your brain with thoughts. That's why we have to renew our mind. So some of the grave clothes in the old man is your feelings and thoughts. They dictate how your day is. They dictate how your relationships will go. I've been there. I know these well. Like I said, this is my message. <laughs> Your judgment will be off. You will judge people and circumstances through the lens of human understanding and what society and culture deems as greatest importance instead of what God says. You go to the next best thing based on your feelings and upbringing. Your emotions and thoughts or your driving force to the day, your life, and your relationships instead of the Holy Spirit. Your focus is on behavior modification and cleaning up your act in your own strength, power, and insight and ability. You think you can bring yourself into perfection. You see yourself and your future through the lens of shame. This one, I hate this one. It did so much in my life and I hate it. What shame says is I did something bad, so I am a bad person and nothing can change that. It also says I can't have good things because of the bad I have done. All of these things that I just shared, these attributes of the old man, what happens is Jesus says you're free. He says you're a new creation. He says, I've given you the mind of Christ. He says, peace is your portion. Then the enemy comes in and says, what about this? And we have the ability to say, you right, but the case has been closed. And I'm not that anymore. I am perfect because of Jesus. And everything else is being worked out. But what happens is, the enemy comes in, and he gives one of those things up, and he's like, what about this? Hey, you did this bad thing. And then we take on to it, and then it just starts this constant thing in our head, and we're like, so then we start doing things in order to, like, make us feel better with God. When he, it's a rock, it becomes a rock. All he wants you to say is that, hey, I did this bad thing. Help me. He goes and hits that out of the way, and he comes and restores you. And he restores that place in your life. And you have to start 
rethinking some things. So this old man, it's this way of thinking. It's these mindsets. It's these belief systems that are no longer a part of your nature. And the enemy has come into your territory for far too long and robbed you from where he wants to take you. So if that is any person in this room, I just say you boldly raise that hand. Holy Spirit, I invite you into every single one of these people's lives. I declare that they would be shame-free people, that they would be people that keep nothing hidden from you. Holy Spirit, mark them as these people. I release this in the name of Jesus. And all of the lies and all of the grave clothes that have kept them bound would fall away. I bless this journey you're on. I hear God say over you guys, this is a journey. He cares more about who you're becoming than where you're going. And the part of becoming looks looks like taking off the old man. I bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, I can up there. Second Corinthians five, seventeen through twenty-one. Oh, it's already up there. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new creation. Wow, that's crazy. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, yeah, girl, behold, everything is fresh and new. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping records of of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf, turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we who did not know righteousness might become righteousness of God through our union with him. Hallelujah. Thank you for the word, Lord. Man, that's what, is it, you heard that? All the old has vanished. So literally the only thing keeping it in your life is you. And there's no shame. God's not like, you just keep on keeping that old stuff there. No, he's like, come on, he's always there. And this is what it is. It says we're ambassadors. An ambassador is somebody that lives in another place and brings what that culture has into another one. We serve a king who has another kingdom in heaven. And our job is to release that kingdom on the earth. That's what it means. That's your destiny. That's your purpose. That's playing the game. It's advancing the kingdom of God. It's being an ambassador of heaven. It's knowing that I am an entirely new creation. You better tell the devil the case is closed. When he tries to bring up old things, you say the case is closed. That's in Romans somewhere. It is written. Somebody said that to me one time. I thought it was so good. My best friend, she said, do you ever notice Jesus? He never quoted the Torah or anything like that. He just always said it is written. 
It's like, it's good with me. But that is just such good information that the old has vanished and we are an entirely new creation. It says he keeps no records of our transgressions. Some of you need to forget your transgressions. Do you know that it is illegal to look at your future apart from Jesus? It is illegal to see yourself through the eyes of your sins. It's not there anymore. You're the only one seeing your eyes through that. Now I want to go into the attributes of what it's like in our new lives in Christ as a new creation. This is the good stuff. I'm really excited for this next part. After I spanked you, I want to give you some, some, something to eat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I want to give you a hug. I'm like, spanked you and I'm going to hug you. I only did it because I love you. That's what parents say, right? <clears throat> I'm spanking the devil out of you, all right? Do you know this was so funny? One time I was in worship. This was the the first time I, Holy Spirit said something really funny to me, but I was praying and he said, um, Leslie, I want to unbuckle the Bible belt and spank the devil with it. I said, amen, Father, amen. I was like, that is so funny. I was like, yes, God. Um, yeah. So before I go into these attributes, I want to also just reiterate how important it is to do this with the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit is just one of the greatest gifts ever, 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 ever. I just want you guys to know that it is he that leads you into maturity. Like I said in Galatians 3, it says, do you think you can perfect yourself with your flesh? The Spirit began the work in you. It's the Spirit that will complete the work in you. So we need to become people of not trying to get our act together, but people who know how to yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield and chill. I learned that from William. It was the best, one of the best advice I ever heard him say. Yield and chill, girl. Yield and chill. And what this looks like, because sometimes you know, I, I feel like it can be a bit wordy with church language, like righteousness and yielding to the Holy Spirit. What does that really mean? I'm one of those people that needs something really practical. So what that looks like is every day you wake up and you just say, make a declaration like, Holy Spirit, you are perfecting me and leading me into all God has for me. And then a thought comes up, you need to read your, you didn't read your Bible this morning. You think God's going to show up for you? Holy, then you say, Holy Spirit, what do you say? You ask him, just ask him questions. What do you say about my day? What do you say about this thought? He begins to highlight those lies. You're gonna, you start finding, he begins to bring up those things, the old man things that keep you bound. He brings them up. And when they come up, it's not to shame you. He reveals it only to heal it. So he brings it up. You say, Father, I repent for believing the lie that you only show up for me when I read my Bible in the mornings. Now, Father, what, Holy Spirit, what does the Father say in return? That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's saying what the Father's saying to you. He is God. Holy Spirit is God, and he is inside you. And it is an injustice not to tap into him. You need him when you read the Bible. You need him when you pray. You need him when you drive in traffic in Lake Charles, Louisiana. You're right. I'm right. Come on. It's my, that's real. 
He's the best. You know, and I, I hear people sometimes get a little freaked out by him, you know, just going in different charismatic circles and things like that. And some people could abuse, you know, the, they may, maybe lack of maturity in some aspects. But I just want you guys to know that Holy Spirit is just the best and you really can't do life without him. You need him. It's not Father, Son, Holy Bible. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And you need him for everything. You need him to take off those old ways of thinking. You need him to renew your mind. You need him to be louder than your emotions. I bless every person in here to begin walking boldly, hand in hand, with the Spirit of God that's inside them. Holy Spirit, we honor and worship you. Holy Spirit, you are wonderful and I worship you. I thank you for your role in our lives and I ask that you would ignite us. We thank you that you're helper. We thank you, Holy Spirit. Now the attributes of the new life in Christ as a new creation. And like I said, these things come about as we yield to the Holy Spirit. He removes the old man, we take off those grave clothes, and we come out into new life that we have in Christ. The first is that you know your destiny, your purpose, your giftings and abilities, and you walk boldly in them. You are playing the game because you know whose you are and why he made you. When you hear anything else, laughter should be your first response. When you begin knowing whose you are, who you're called to be, anything else you're like, that is so funny that they thought that. It's not true. That would be like something, like I want it to be as ridiculous as somebody coming up to me and saying, Leslie, everybody's saying you're a boy. Like, that's funny because it's so not true. That's how we should literally feel about the lies of God. It should be humorous to us. I bless you guys even now that as the Holy Spirit brings things up in your life, that you would burst forth with laughter. I bless your judgment to be on point, that you would judge what is right and what is wrong by way of the Spirit, in Jesus' name. The next attribute is you are a powerful person. No one can make you feel a certain way, and you choose to let hard relationships and circumstances only shape you into being a better person. There's the victim mentality, or there's a person who's a powerful person. And I personally can't imagine being a powerful person apart from the Holy Spirit, because he gives you these eyes to see circumstances from a bird's eye view. Hurt people hurt people. And with the eyes of the Spirit, when we have the Spirit of God inside us, he shows us why that hurt person hurt us. And he gives us wisdom. One of the jobs of Holy Spirit is to give us heavenly wisdom. We get to just be way smarter. I always tell people, because of the Holy Spirit, I'm so much smarter, cuter, and braver. I just, <laughs> they're like, you're cute. I'm like, it's the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, I glow. You just know, though, you look in people's eyes, 
that walk and yield to the Spirit, and you can tell. There's a sparkle. It is real. I wish, guys, y'all could hear the things that people will come up and tell me as a compliment, and I'm like, it'd be things I'm, I've been praying for years, things that I've just chosen to walk in. And I, I just, I'm like, thank you, but I'm like, we know where that came from, Jesus. You are a powerful person. Just declare that with me. Say, I am a powerful person. Let's try that again because I, I kind of said that awkwardly. So I'll say it and then you say it. And we're going to say it really boldly. I am a powerful person. Come on, that's right. Let's do a power stance, guys. That actually, studies show that, does it? Yeah, come on, girl. Everybody needs to do that. No, I'm kidding. Come on, stand up. I want your feet shoulder-width apart. Put your hands on your hips, like a fist, though, you know. I want you to be after me and say, I am a powerful person. I am a new creation. I am anointed and covered in Christ. I am in the game. Amen. You can sit down. Oh, that was good. I was like, ah, I was feeling like I could go off of it for days. I'm almost done, guys. Okay. You listen to God's word and what he says over your feelings and emotions towards positions in life and relationships. They must submit to what he says. So that's you not allowing your emotions to be any dictator of anything in your life, allowing your thoughts one of the f most freeing things I heard, it was actually this book called Stop, Stop Self-Sabotage because your girl knows how to self-sabotage anything in her life. Um, and one of the things it was saying is that you're not your thoughts. I was like, that's the most simplest thing I've ever heard in my life. You're not your emotions. Your emotions are indicators. Like if there's a checking engine soon light that comes on in your car, it's it is pointing to something deeper that's happening. Your emotions and thoughts are pointing to your values and beliefs. So when you have emotions that are off, if you wake up sad and depressed every single day, you need to be asking yourself, what values and beliefs am I having that are triggering these thoughts? I mean, you could counselors are great helps to those things. And also, no shame, guys, if you do, for a season, need to take medicine for things like that. I just want to say that, no shame on anything like that. But just know that it's not your portion to stay in that place. And there is freedom for you. All right. Bless God. You judge fruit, not people. And you see that you see circumstances through his eyes. When you are a new creation, you're not judging a person based off of their actions. You're looking for fruit. You can say things that sound real pretty, but if you don't have the fruit of it, okay, there's everybody's in process. As a new creation, you just see it that way. You see where people are. You see the fruit of their life. And it could even be they could love God but not have the right fruit and that's one of the things that new creation that we get to see you trust the timing of God for your life and believe you are in the right place at the right time with the right people another one is the Holy Spirit is your driving force to your day life and relationships 
Another one is instead of cleaning up your acts, you keep nothing hidden with God and believe in your righteousness. That's what I spoke of earlier. Your identity is righteous, and when you have a behavior outside of that, you just had an identity issue. It doesn't change your position with God. Nothing can. Let me break that one down a little bit. You are righteous. You are a son and daughter of God. When God looks at you, he 100% sees Jesus. You're perfect. You can literally walk around and say, I am perfect. Because when God looks at you, that's what he sees. But what happens is we make a decision that doesn't, isn't in line with who God now says we are. So shame comes in and says, you did that, you're bad. You keep hidden. And you're the only one keeping you from walking forward into the things of God because you chose to partner with that. But you need to hear me and know that you're not a bad person anymore. You didn't lose your salvation. All you did was act it out of your identity. You say, Father, I repent for acting out of my identity. Let me walk forward into it. And you never do it again. Nobody likes to displease their father. I mean, the reason you feel shame and you feel bad about it is because you hate to displease your father. That's a great sign. That's really good. So one of the ways, one of the most important ways of being this new creation is you have to see yourself that way. You have to see yourself as this new creation and believe it every day. And when you act out, you got to get shame off you. You can't live in shame. You can't wallow in it. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. You act out, more than likely the Holy Spirit brought it up, but maybe you just didn't know how to get rid of it. Maybe you just took it on as a part of your identity and you covered your identity as a righteous child of God with this yucky thing and you're like, I'm bad now. People can feel that. Do you know one of, this is the most interesting thing with discernment is the very thing that you're afraid of and you carry is the very thing that you attract into your life. For instance, self-hatred. When I'm around somebody that hates themselves, I get a weird feeling like, I don't know, I don't like them. Why would I say that ever about somebody I don't know? But now I know it's because that person hates themselves. And the very thing they're afraid of is people not liking them. They attract that very thing to them. So what we get to do, what's really fun when you start really walking with the Holy Spirit and when we get this old man off of us and we begin advancing the kingdom, I feel that in a person and I get to walk up to them and say, hey, God really loves you and you're a really lovely person because everything I'm feeling is like I hate them. But it's a spirit on them. It's their thoughts. It's not who they are. They're not a hateful person that doesn't deserve love, but they're believing it. And we have the word of truth. We have the spirit of truth. And because I know that and I believe that because the word says it, I don't have anything different from any person in this room. I just believe God. And he told me I have a spirit and I have a sword in my hand. So when I feel that, I'm going to hunt it down and I'm going to stab it. And then Holy Spirit does the rest. That's all I got to do. Now, if I tell you God loves you, I'm not picking up what, like, it's also a, just a nice thing I like to tell people is God loves you. So don't think, like, if Leslie walks up to me and is like, God just loves you, I'm not like, oh, they got a spirit of hatred on them. No, I, I don't want you guys to think that. Not that you were, now you probably are, so whatever. I shot myself in the foot. <laughs> 
the final one is you are quick to repent when Holy Spirit brings up ways that you have acted out of your identity, which is what I just what I just mentioned. We are new creations in Jesus. We are new. The old has to go. It's time to just begin walking out of these old grave clothes. You were made to live out the call of God on your life. You were made to. You're the only one stopping you. I want you guys to hear me and know that it all has to do with your belief system. You're not your thoughts. You're not your emotions. You're not your family history. You're not what people labeled you as. You're a new creation. And the very things that tried to put you in the grave are the very things you're going to go step on with the authority given to you in Jesus. You get to have those things that once held you back are the very things that you get to take ground in. Not only do you get to get free, you get to see other people free in those areas. That's what the authority of Jesus looks like. The things that I walk in or that I have authority to release when I minister, it's only because I walk through it. And I chose to believe God over my thoughts. I chose to believe God over my feelings. I chose to believe God over my circumstances. And I'm still doing it. And you know what? I'm going to keep on doing it. Because I'm always entering a new season. But the best thing is I get to just be. He cares who I'm becoming. He cares about me being present with him. You were made to impact and advance the kingdom of God. You hear me. Every person in this room. You were made to impact and advance the kingdom. And it doesn't have to look like a microphone. It can look like being a mama of littles. It can look like working at Sonic. God bless their cheese sticks. Am I right? They're good. It can look like having a microphone. But you were made to impact and advance the kingdom of God. As I go into just a time of ministry, if you guys want to come up for worship in a bit, I want to give space to anybody that hears this message and doesn't know Jesus for themselves. That you are living in this old way of thinking. What's beautiful about giving your life to Jesus is you were in this old way of thinking, but you didn't have the power to overcome it. So then God comes when you say, Jesus, I say you are Lord and Savior and I yield to your life. He comes in with his spirit and he says, here's the empowerment. Here's the engagement ring of the things promised that are bringing into your life. And all it looks like is saying, I confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. And if that's you guys, I just want you to raise your hand. He's just so worth it. I just wanted to give that space because it's just so worth giving your life to him. And if you feel later during service, we'll have Eric over here. Would you mind, Eric? No, you don't mind? Or no, you don't want to? Okay. <laughs> it's like, no? <laughs> just go over to Eric over here and he'll help lead you in some more ministry and that. Lead you in just 
ways of praying and stepping into that and just really prophesy over you. Just I would love as well if somebody comes up to just prophesy in their, into their new life and who God has created them to be. The next thing is a challenge. I want you guys to pull out your phones or a piece of paper and I want you to write this declaration down and I want you to say it every single day. It's a bit lengthy, but it's not that bad. I tried to make it short. It says, I accept that I am completely made right and perfect before God through my union with Jesus. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to mature me to look like Jesus. I yield to you today. I'm going to repeat that. I accept that I am completely made right and perfect before God through my union with Jesus. Holy Spirit, I give you permission to mature me to look like Jesus. I yield to you today. Right when you wake up, I want you to say that out loud. What that does is that's going to shift something in your mind. It's going to get you in that way. You're, you're giving Holy Spirit that permission to do that in your life because it's his job. The next thing I want to do is I just feel a prophetic act we need to do. How many of you know that physical obedience can release spiritual breakthrough? So what I want to do, if this is you, that you're like, I have a bit of the old man on me and I really want to come out of these grave clothes. I want to be stepping into new life in all areas. I want the spirit of God to mature me. I want you guys to just walk forward to the altar as a physical sign that you're coming out of the grave. You're coming out of the old way of thinking. And as you do this, I pray and I declare that angels of the Lord would be released over you, that they would be, they would be stand guards to see to it that you would mature into all things of Christ in all areas that your old man have been there. They're going to begin partnering with the Lord to remove them. And that the Spirit of God is going to just begin igniting as you come forward. So I just invite you guys, come on up as that physical sign that these grave clothes are coming off of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We just say we will not live in our old man.